Ladies, what is up? It is I, Dan, and my lovely co-host, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. Up front, we're just going to go into it. If you didn't hear last episode, we are now sponsored, which is really cool. And that makes us so legit, more legit than MC Hammer, uh, because we're not quitting yet. And we're also not bankrupt, so that's a good thing as well. So um, we just wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor, Tasty Minstrel Games. Be sure to stay tuned because they had a recent announcement that all of their new crop of games, which has been highly anticipated, uh, most of them will be releasing at BGGCon. And this includes the always lovely Mr. Stefan Feld's new game, Oracle at Delphi, which will be releasing at BGGCon, along with one I'm actually really intrigued by only because of the industry I'm in, and it is called Ponzi Scheme. So stay tuned to both of those at BGGCon, as well as um, a few other releases that they have. So now let's talk board games. So Tiff. Board games? What are those? Yeah, before Tiff talks, her neighbor decided to mow his lawn as we were recording. I think he knows this is our recording time and he secretly hates Tiff. He's like, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get that girl on the dog stroller. I'm gonna get her good. And so he decided to cut his grass. So hopefully when this goes through editing, uh, we'll have drowned out most of it. But if not, <laughs> sorry, you can, <laughs> I don't know, take comfort knowing that Tiff has clean cut grass smell to look forward to What's after recording. What's unfortunate is that he doesn't, he doesn't cut his grass at any set amount of time. He's just very fly by the seat of his pants with the grass cutting because there have been times where I couldn't record a blender video because he's out there cutting his grass. But it's usually in the afternoon, so I try to get all my recording things done early. Well, here we are in the morning cutting the grass. Thanks a lot. I think the only way to solve it is to yell out your window and ask him to come record with us. Mm, maybe he just doesn't know who I am. Which seems unlikely, but... Oh, you're kind of a uh, big maybe, deal. Maybe I should go out there and let him know that I'm mildly internet famous. You should. You should. You should just open the curtains so we can see all the leather-bound books and the rich mahogany shelves. And then he'll be like, oh, who's this lady? I'm important. Everybody knows that. You should. Or maybe we should just reach out the window and throw stuff at him. Mm, I don't think that would go over too well. I don't. I think you just mow louder then, if that's a thing that's, that you can do. That's all right. You can just. I've never mowed a lawn, so I don't know. Just repay him the favor by going out afterwards when he's like getting ready for bed and just playing your fiddle or your banjo <laughs> really loudly outside. Like have a hoedown on your back porch. Okay. Well, I'll take that under advisement. Okay. So should we talk board games? Sorry, everyone. I'm just stalling because I haven't played any board games, oh. really, but uh, let's have more lawn talk. <laughs> Another spinoff show. <laughs> Tiff and Dan do lawn talk. I, all I know is if your grass isn't green, that's not a good thing. That's basically all I could contribute to this conversation. Do you have a lawn? I mean... I, I have a you... lawn, but because I live in a condo, I have it cut for me. So oh. it's pretty awesome. See, because I have a husband, I have my lawn cut for me as well. So it would be a very interesting podcast to people who don't actually care for lawns. Tiff, we're talking about lawn care. We're past those days where your husband has to cut the lawn. Come on, Tiff. This is 2016. I do the laundry. He does the lawn. I'm okay with that. Oh, my. Do you guys live in black and white? All right. Board games. The other sound you might hear is me making him a sandwich right now. I'm not going to touch that. I would love to. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna just. <laughs> All right. Keep going. What did you play? What have you been playing then? Um, recently I haven't played too much, but I have 
a, a backlog of games that I haven't talked about. So I'm going to kind of dig through some of those, if that's cool. And there's some good ones in there, which is which is positive, because everyone always says I don't like games. And I'm about to talk about three games that I actually did like, which is... In your face, yeah. listeners. Yeah, suck it, internet. Whoa, that was aggressive. Oh, sorry. Love you, internet. You went too far. Sorry. There you go. I'm, I'm hugging you all through the microphone. Anyways. Five-star reviews. That's what we want. So let's start with um, let's start with a card game. This is called Dark Dealings, and this is from Nevermore Games, and designed by uh, Michael Kelly and Peter Gusis, who are native Marylanders, which is really cool. I actually just uh, played games with them last night, uh, which was cool. So Dark Dealings is I, I kind of describe it, and I think Peter describes it the same way. It's like a for sale with attacking kind of. So it has a couple of it's it's a phased game. So similar to For Sale, where you have the you have the auction phase, and then you have like the quote buying phase with the different houses and stuff. So in this game, there's two decks. Okay, you've got a hero deck, which has the heroes in it, and I should say that you are actually fighting the heroes. You are the the villain, and you are oh. the villain, and you are drafting your powers. And then you are drafting the heroes that you will fight against as well, which is kind of a, a little twist thematically on that. So before I butcher it any further, I'm just going to kind of go into the gameplay, which I kind of understand a little bit better than the theme because who, who needs theme, right? So you've got this deck of heroes, and on each of these heroes, they have certain like weaknesses, which are the types of attacks that work well against these people. And then they also have this value, which is the value of the attack that is needed to kill these guys, okay? So that's the one deck. And then you have a separate deck, which is called the defenses deck. And in this deck, you have a bunch of different ways that you can defeat these heroes. And these cards have, like, attack values on... Picture the picture a card and then the four sides. They have, like, different things on each of the four sides because you're going to be rotating these cards, which I'll get into in a second. But So each of these cards has different attack values and different attack types on them. So the attack types, obviously, you're going to want to try and line up to the hero weaknesses because that's how you're going to fight them kind of thing. Boom. Theme. I connected it right there. Okay. As I mentioned, there's there's a couple of phases. So the first phase is the hero phase. So you're going to be dealt, I think it's eight or nine heroes into your hand. Okay. And you're going to select two of them, put them face down, and then you're going to pass. And you'll do this until everyone has eight heroes in a pile so it's eight heroes and then you discard the ninth so it is nine to start with then we're going to go into the defense phase so remember i mentioned this is kind of like for sale there's different phases so in the defense phase we're going to use the defense deck and we're going to flip over uh cards face up in the middle of the table equal to two times the number of players um, i should mention this game plays one to six which is is really good and i've played it at I played it at two, three, four, and five, and it's been it's been good and satisfying at each of those counts. So I had no issues whatsoever as far as player count is concerned. So as I mentioned, you're gonna have all these cards, and how you're gonna do this is you're gonna be drafting these cards using a blind bidding mechanic. So on the hero cards that you've drafted, you've got numbers, I think it's one through fifty-four. And what you're gonna do is like for sale, you're gonna pick two of your two of your eight heroes each round so there's gonna be four rounds of drafting defenses and you're gonna place them face down in front of you when everyone's done that you're gonna flip them up and then in order from highest to lowest you're gonna draft the defensive cards okay in the middle and then you're going to take these heroes you're gonna put them face down in the order that they were used so if I played the 54 that's gonna go on the bottom of my pile and then I'll place the 
you know, 53 and whatever on top of that. And that's going to form my hero deck. Once that hero deck is formed, I can't look at it again. So there's a little memory element into what you're going to be fighting in the next phase, okay? So as you go through, you're going to draft. So you'll have, at the end of the round, you'll have, or at the end of the phase, you'll have eight defensive cards. And you'll have a pile of eight heroes stacked next to you. So then we're going to go into the last phase, which is called the fighty phase. I don't remember the name of this phase. It's called the fighty phase. The fighty phase. Dun, dun, dun. And so what you're going to do is you're going to have all these defenses face up in front of you. And then in turn order, what you're going to do is you're going to flip over the top card in your hero deck, okay? And remember I mentioned the hero deck has, they have a challenge value, and then they've got their weaknesses. And so what you're trying to do is you're trying to, in the phase before, you're trying to draft defensive abilities that will combat the weaknesses of the heroes that you drafted in the first phase, okay? So it's it's a lot it's a lot thinkier than some people might be frustrated with the memory elements, which I could see because it's it's tough to remember like okay I'm drafting this thief and then I need to get a green defense in the second phase and then where is this damn thief in my pile again because I don't want to I want to make sure I don't exhaust all of my green attack values to fight him kind of thing before he comes up so it's a it's a cool little memory element to it it doesn't bother me as much because the game is like a twenty minute filler. It plays in almost the same exact time as like for sale, um, which is great. So again, you've got that memory element. So what you do is you flip them up, and then you're gonna you're gonna pick a defensive card, and you need to come up with the challenge value. So remember, I mentioned the defensive cards have between one and three of their sides filled up with attack values. But when you use a defensive card, you turn it to its next side, and that next side has a lower attack value. So you're gradually exhausting your defenses. Um, once it gets to the side that has a trash can on it, it's trashed, and you can't use that defensive card, attack card, whatever. But anyways, great game, okay? <laughs> That's what I'm going to go There you with, go. Okay? That's all we need. That's all we need. I just wanted to give you a little flavor because it's got it's got the three phases, and you're drafting with the blind bidding, and the, the here, it, it's really cool. I feel like based on your flavor, I could play this game right now if I had the cards. Good job, Dan. That's rude, but that's okay. You know what? <laughs> I kind of hope he runs you over with his lawnmower now. <laughs> Ouch. That would hurt. I'm kidding. No, I, I'm glad you are talking about this game because it sounds like a board game club type yes. game. Your kids, I think, <laughs> I was just about to get to that. I think your kids would really like it because it it's a much better theme than for sale. But like I said, it gives you that same kind of feel um, as far as gameplay, as well as time length and as well as player count. So... It definitely has that appeal for you know younger kids. The art is by Rob Lundy, uh, who did Harbor and a couple of other TMG games. So it's got a really cool, like, cartoony feel. So it's not dark. It's not like overly dark, even though you are playing as the villain kind of. So um, that's another plus um, is the artwork. It's it's fantastic. Small box game. I think last I talked to Peter, they were they were running out of their first print run through pre-orders. So I'm not sure if they've gotten the second print run done. Uh, he can probably jump into the guild and clarify that um, for everyone. But yeah, I highly recommend it if you're looking for a, um, a fun little filler card game. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I think I'm going to probably end up buying this just because I love For Sale. I It's like one of the best games ever still. And uh, generally my kids don't like it just because they can't get into that real estate theme for some reason. I don't know why. 
and I, I guess I should have mentioned the end game. So it's, you basically play to the last one standing. So once you flip up a hero and you don't have the defensive cards to fight him, you're out of the round. So there is player elimination, but it's quick. Like it's not like it's in the last phase of the game. And typically when one person goes out, everyone else is very close behind. Interesting caveat. I don't think most kids really care about player elimination. And in my years with Board Game Club, they usually are like, okay, well, I'll just play on my phone for a couple more minutes. Yeah, I think, yeah. Kudos to cell phones. Like, we (laughs) care about player elimination more (laughs) than they do. Yeah, I care about it when it's in, like, a game that's lengthy. Like, this game is so quick. And it's everyone could get knocked out in the same phase of the game. And it's kind of fun to watch other people fight, too. Like, like. It's it's not like you're like oh they get to play and I don't kind of thing. It's it's kind of funny to see them flip and go oh crap and they're like trying to figure out how to math out how to kill this thing. It's cool. It's 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 interesting how your decisions um, transition from phase to phase. So drafting the heroes, which the higher the number of the hero to draft a card in the middle, is typically the harder he's going to be to fight in the the last phase. So you might get the defense you want if you spend him correctly, but he's going to be much harder to fight in that third round so it's it's a it's an interesting dynamic that's uh that comes about and it looks like you can play it solo do you think it would play well solo since i have no friends anymore i've heard i've heard it does play pretty well solo um i have not tried it uh personally solo shocking yeah but okay yeah i have not so i i can't comment on it i could see it it, because of the puzzly element of like drafting and trying to just manipulate your defenses to think i could see it playing pretty fun as just a quick solo probably 10 15 okay. minutes well, i think i might try to hunt this one down or wait till the next print round and buy it but yeah yep awesome what else did you play you want me to keep going well okay i can talk about the one game i played which i've already talked about and probably all of our listeners know about or you could talk about a new game <sighs> all right well they're not new it's not new it's new to me let's talk about Signori, uh, this okay. is from What's Your Game, and uh, the designers are escaping me. I apologize. I don't want to be clicking online, making typing sounds. Oh no, no, no! I got this. It's Andrea Chiarvesio and Pierluca Zizi, maybe. Excellent. I don't know if I pronounced those right. So Signori is a how would I classify it? Like a dice drafting game it's it's it, it's a euro i'd say it leans medium heavy the weight it's got a 3.59 weight rating on board game geek if you can take those seriously i think that's fair there's a lot to think about on your turn sometimes it's quick sometimes it's ap inducing but always crunchy which i appreciate um so would it break my brain at times yes it would as far as the crunchiness, like of some of the decisions, I'd put it on the level of like Grand Austria Hotel, maybe. As far oh, as the, but I love Grand Austria. Okay. Yeah, no, it's like I said, the decisions are good and they're interesting, and I really enjoy making them. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like the puzzle is a lot of fun to solve, but sometimes it's just really frustrating. <laughs> and I'll I'll talk about yeah, that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. That's like what Grand Austria Hotel is. Yes. And okay. the good thing about this is I think you can play this one with four players. <laughs> Where Grand Austria Hotel. <laughs> no. Like it's a two player. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Don't touch that four players. So um, in Signori, it's it's a simple mechanical game. Basically what you do is you're, you've got a player board. On your player board, you've got uh, five, five spots that you can put um, a die on. And each of these die is color coded. 
And in the middle of the table, you have the pools of these dice. It's based on player count. You're going to roll these dice at the beginning of the round, and you're going to draft these dice into your tableau, one at a time, player to player. Um, that's the simpleness of the mechanics. That's how it works as far as just the base mechanic. Okay, you're going to draft these dice. What do the dice represent yes. in the game? So the dice, oh, thematically? Yeah. Oh hell if I. I know. mean, I know, I know, no one playing this game is caring about theme, but I'm just curious. Uh, well, the theme of the game is like you're like, I think you're trying to like marry off your family, and do stuff. I don't know. Maybe they're nobles, or I, I don't know. They're blue, red, orange, <laughs> green. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, That's fine. They're just dice, Tiff, with numbers. They're numbered one through six. How about that? Does that give you a little more flavor? Yeah. That. <laughs> that clarifies for me. Thanks, Dan. So what is happening in the game? So as I mentioned, very simple mechanically. You just draft a die and you place it in the thing. So what you're going to do is, so as I mentioned on your player board, you have spots corresponding to the color of the die. And each of those spots is numbered one, two, three, four, or five. Okay, you have five spots. When you draft a die, this is a cute little mechanic, you're going to place it on the, that spot that matches its color. And you're going to look at the value of the dra die you drafted, okay? If it is equal to or higher than the number on the space, so the one, two, three, four, or five, you don't do anything. Well, you get to take the action. If it's lower, you have to pay the difference in coin. So if I'm on the, if I wanted to go to the four space, which is the gray die, and I drafted a two because that's all that's left, I have to pay two coins. And in the early game, that's brutal because money is very tight to start with. Um, it gets better in the end, but once your engine gets going, you have some coins, but. That's a key kind of decision, and it also plays into another part, which I'll talk to at the end of the game. But So that's how you're going to do it. And then each die that you draft, you can activate one of three actions. Uh, there's the Signori action, which is one of five things that you can do. There's the Messenger action, which allows you to do <laughs> other actions. It's kind of hard to describe this game without actually seeing it, to be honest with you. It's not good radio uh, describing well. this game. But Well, don't then. <laughs> essentially, what you're trying to do is you're trying to send your, your gentleman out to these three different tracks the military the political and the religious track to that's their career and then you're going to use these dice to then send those people out on missions collecting the seals of these different houses and then for the women's side of things you're going to be sending them off to the various cities to marry into these families collecting seals that way okay and these seals are going to collect you points um there's a there's a restraint on the seals in that each player board that you have has a different setup. And the the one um, restraint is that you can only collect seals that are on your player board. Okay. So that you're if if I got the, the yellow and purple seal and I can only collect one of the yellow and purple seals, then I can't go to a yellow and purple seal one again. And that leads into one of my kind of frustrations with the game is because these seals come out onto the board as they disappear and they come out randomly. There were certain times in my Ooh. plays where it's like, oh, great, that purple seal came out. And, you know, Matt might need three of them, but I don't need any more of them. So he's just going, oh, cool, I'm going to collect these. And me, I'm like, damn it, I, I have to wait for him to collect them for it to even refresh on that spot. And that was that was really annoying to me at times. But you play through it. It's fine. Games have always been pretty tight that I've played. So that's that. And then same goes with the marriages, except for the marriages, you can only collect one of each seal. There's six total seals in the game. You can only collect one of each. So that's your restraint on the marriage side of things. There's all kinds of things. The cool thing with the dice drafting too is at the end of the round, 
if your dice total less than 13 or equal to or less than 13, you're going to get a round bonus. So remember when I said you draft the numbers and yeah. you pay coins if it's less than? So sometimes you want to take that those low numbers so that you can get the round bonus. Other times you don't really care about the round bonus. So you're like, all right, fine, I'll take the high ones. But you can look at what your other players are doing and draft accordingly. So if, like I know if I know Matt needs that number one gray die to go under 13, I might take the one die and pay up to force him to take the six, which puts him over the threshold and he doesn't get the bonus. So a small little bit of interaction, uh, but a really good decision point. Um, I really enjoyed determining if I wanted to go low or high on certain die because you can only draft one of each color or four. You can draft four die in total and you can only have one per color. So I couldn't draft a second gray die. So it was a really nice um, a choice there that I, I always enjoyed. And I thought it was a really clever mechanic. So overall, like the game, a lot of fun. Um, I've played it at two and three. I haven't played it at four yet, but I don't. It just probably add probably twenty five minutes to the game or so. I'd say all both of my plays have come in at the two player game came in at about maybe seventy minutes, and the three player game I think was about ninety. But that, those were with all new players each time, so a little bit of you know teaching and then learning that kind of thing. So yeah, I, I recommend this okay. game. I liked Question. it. Question. Yeah. So I was looking this up on Amazon, which you can get it for 43 bucks in case anyone's wondering. Uh, but it, it has the compare to similar items, which I always find is interesting with board games. So it has this with Zanguo, Mubasa, and Lagranja. Yes, that's a, that's a great Do, weighting. Is it comparable? Yeah, I'd put it in those weights. Yeah, definitely. Out of those four, how would you rank those four? I would go Mubasa... Zanguo, Signori Lagranja. I, I love Zanguo. God, that game has been on sale for like 25 bucks this past week. And that game is... It's 29.98 right now on Amazon. Pick that game up, people. That is a good one. I like that game a lot. Yeah, so I would I would recommend playing it. Um, as far, I got it for 30 bucks. And I, so at that price point, I really like it. I was not enamored with the randomness, like I said, of the tile distribution. Also, the, the way you get female and male workers is by rolling dice offspring dice and like a one through three you get a female of four through six you get a male so there were some times when you really want a female meeple for companionship no i'm kidding Whoa. <laughs> sometimes life gets lonely you just want a female meeple but you know and then you roll all dudes and you're like damn it and that, that that could be annoying at times as well. See, that's thematic right there. It is. It is. There, it's like, it's a boy. No, it's a girl. Oh, what is it? <laughs> then you get that miscut meeple and you're like, I don't know what this is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that was Signori. I'd recommend trying it. Would I buy it? Yeah, I think I would if the price was right. If it was around 35 bucks. I would consider yeah, picking it Yeah, but not up. 43 with prime shipping. Yeah, for you, I would definitely try it first. I wouldn't pick it up first. I would definitely yeah, try no, it to see if it... I wouldn't pick it up first for me either. When you say AP inducing, I'm like, mm, I'll try it. Yeah. Only because, like I said, the die can do three different things. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's very straightforward what you want to do. But other times it's just like, do I do this and then do this and this, this, this. And it's, it, can bit, it can get a bit crunchy. But that's that's a good thing, in my opinion. But well, sometimes I like that. I mean, like you said, Grand Austria Hotel. I love it. It's but it's very AP inducing, and I probably should like have a timer 
for me when I play it. Yeah. But I like it. I like the decisions in it. Yeah. Sounds like this one would be cool, too. Yeah, I would recommend it. All right. Anything else you want to talk about? I mean, I could just spit out real quick. Uh, I played, this is an old game. This is uh, Arena Roma 2. This is from Mr. Stefan Feld. Um, and I just made Oh, this has I been on my want and trade list forever. Oh, oh, yeah, you did make him French. Yeah, sorry. He's really German, I think. Yeah, so not French. Yeah, so this is Stefan Feld. This is a two-player game, um, which is different. I picked this up on a whim. Uh, because I had heard some pretty good things about it from our buddy Matt Wolf, and I was on a Feld kick, and I just was picking up everything that he did at one point. So I finally got to play it. Um, I played it twice. I played it with a friend of the show, Jessica Waite, from the State of Games. Uh, we played it twice at a, a recent local convention, and I think we both really enjoyed it. I know I, I did for what it was. It's a it's a 30-minute game, and it's essentially you've got this... It's It's kind of a duel in a way. You've got this little cardboard strip in the middle that has um, seven or eight slots on it, I think, depending on which side you play. And you've got dice. You've got three dice. And then you've got a deck of cards. That's all this is. So what you're doing on your turn is you're rolling these three dice and you're activating cards in the different slots. So if I'm playing cards to slot one, three, four, and five... I need to roll a one, three, four, or five to activate those cards. Okay, very simple. And these cards have all kinds of neat little combos. Some of them are in those kind of typical overpower. Like this card is just ridiculous, and it powers with this card. Um, so you have some really neat combinations that that can trigger. So all you're going to be doing is you're going to be rolling these three dice, and you're going to be selecting. You get three actions. So you're going to select the cards you activate. Um, the cards to add new cards. You're just going to pay gold. So there's a spot that you could put a die to collect gold. Whatever the face value of the die is, you collect gold. There's a space that you can draw cards. So you put a die, whatever the face value is, that's how many you draw, and then you keep one. Okay. And then as a free action, you can play the card by paying its gold cost and put it in a slot. You start with you each start with a pool of points, and you're trying to empty the communal pool of points. So you start with, I think, 10 each, and then there's, I don't know, 16 in the middle maybe um and you're trying to empty that and it's a little tug of war back and forth and once someone empties it you end the game and count up points and based on the cards you have and the points pool you have and that's the game um but yeah so it's it's cool because yeah you want to fill up your tableau because at the beginning of each round any empty slots you have you lose a victory point so you're getting penalized that way so you might just want to start throwing cards out but you need to like money's tight, so you need to spend an action to get money. It was really cool. It's like a little tug of war game. You can quote attack the other cards on the other side with some of these cards by rolling higher than their defense value. Little little things like that. But again, the combinations that you can pull off were a lot of fun. Some of them, like I'm like, oh, I can do this, and the the value of the die sometimes affects the power of the action. So you might want to put this card in the five or six in hopes that you roll a five or six because a five is going to get you five gold for triggering this or six points for triggering this if you put it in there so a little bit of choice there yeah overall 30 minutes um it was it was good it was it was satisfying for that for a filler and it has dice yeah it comes with six dice you each dan has enjoyed two dice games this week well i like dice games Guys. where like i said like where they have where they're not like roll for combat kind of thing i usually enjoy those no, and I, I know i'm just pointing it out for people who maybe don't think you're capable of fun Yes, I am capable of many things. I'm a man of I'm jack of all trades in the board gaming world. I just don't talk about most of them. But yeah, 
I, I did enjoy this one. It's it's a bit, I don't know if it's tough to find. Maybe online it's not, but I know in shops like it's not something you're really going to find. It's from Queen Games. I think it was published in 2010. One interesting thing is there was an Arena Roma, or I think it's just called Roma, which was the first one he did like this. And if you have both of them, you can combine the cards in different ways to make different combinations. Um, so it gives it a little more longevity and a different flavor each game. I'm not sure if I want to keep it, because I, I don't play two players all that often. I'm glad I got to play it. Um, I might just Ooh, give it... let me know yeah. if you're going to get rid of it, because yeah. I, w- I want it. Okay, yeah. If I can track down Roma, I might keep it a little longer, just because I want to try it with the different cards. But if I don't, no big deal. Yeah, you can have it. Call me. Call me. So, yeah. <laughs> well, I can t- I can talk about what I've been playing. Boom, do it. <laughs> well, we, we had our first quasi-meeting of Board Game Club this past week. This is my new thing. The past two years, I've had sort of the older members come in a, a week earlier than our first opening thing, meeting, to uh, put up flyers and, and, and that kind of thing and start getting the buzz flowing throughout the school about how hot Board Game Club is. And uh, so the, we had our first initial meeting. They put up flyers. They're like, we must indoctrinate the sixth graders and all of the bathroom goers. This is a direct quote. Wait, did so your seventh graders use the word indoctrinate in a yeah, sentence? Yeah, they're smart. Yeah. That's, that's impressive. Appropriately. Yeah, that's impressive. Yeah. So they plastered the sixth grade hallway and all the bathrooms, I guess. Nice. Hopefully all the boys' bathrooms, because currently there are no female returning members. Yikes. Uh, we'll be working on that. Anyway, so, and, and then we had a little bit of time left, so we played Best Treehouse Ever, which they love and is fun. And if you have kids, you should own. That is my favorite Scott Alms game. I've, I've, yes, I agree. I've talked on the podcast about the Tiny Epics. They don't do it for me. And I play, oh. Me either. I could have talked about Tiny Epic Western. I played that, but next time I'll talk well, about that. we'll save it. Yeah. I mean, there are more podcasts to come. There are. Stay tuned to next week's podcast where Dan talks about Tiny Epic Western. Yep. So yeah, yep. Board Game Club is officially started, and next week we're going to play some more substantial games. But I was happy to see like at least four of them came back and were excited to get started and excited to recruit some new members. And I, I know I have more returning, but they're in the middle of cross-country right now, which will be ending very soon, and we'll, we'll have more after that's over. Man, I did cross-country for like a year, and that, oh man, that is boring. I know. They and a lot of them, their parents make them do cross country. Yeah. I find, and this like was a lot of them don't like it. And this was before iPods, which I don't know if they're allowed to like run with their music in now. But man, that was boring. I think so. Yeah, you're just like singing to yourself the whole time. You're like, yeah, this is fun, cool. I think I passed that tree already. All right, <laughs> all right. Oh, that person yeah. passed me already. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm just like walking. I, all the time. It's a it's a strange overlap. The the amount of kids who do cross country and board game club. I don't know what that means, but uh, basically my club doubles once co- cross country season is over. <laughs> yeah. So because I didn't I didn't play football. I I did cross country and then I did winter track and that was my warm up that was how i got in shape for baseball in the spring kind of thing that was my big sport baseball track was all right because at least you got to like i don't know like i don't know it was just over quicker jump over stuff <laughs> yeah hurdle things yeah and if you did throw like, stuff yeah and i did like i was i was part sprinter pro, part long distance i did like the 400 and the 500 and like the 800 so at least it was over in like four minutes it wasn't like cross country it's like sweet 
I only got another hour. <laughs> I think the reason cross country is appealing is because it's like a no cut team. Like anybody can do cross country. Yeah. Anyway, so we're getting started. Next week, I'm hoping to get some more substantial games out. I've donated some more games to the collection. I might I'm have. officially parting with my copy of Concept because they love it so much and no one plays it at my house. So I, I love that game. I might have some for you. It's a good you. game. Some card games and stuff. Yeah? Yeah. All right. I'll let you know. Sounds good. Because I'm doing a huge culling, which I'll just plug it here. If anyone has any interest in seeing my culling list, I have, I think it's over like 100 games on there right now. Um, I need to create that list because I need to get rid of about 100 games as well. Yeah. Just tweet me and I'll send it to you. It's in a Google Doc. Just tell me which ones you have interest in, if any, and we'll work it out. No big deal. I'm going to do an auction eventually on BGG, but right now I'm having some success just with, through Twitter and stuff and just word of mouth. Let me know. Yeah, I had some success. Just a little segue yeah, over do it. to me finally getting rid of Zombicide, everyone. Yeah. That's right. All of it. Every single miniature is out of my house and uh, into Steven's house. Steve? Steven? Something like that. In any case, he contacted me on Twitter, so I think he listens to the show and uh, probably just got tired of me complaining about it all the time. You're a good man. Guess. You're a good man. Very <laughs> charitable efforts. Yeah. You can probably so claim I, Zombicide on your tax returns. Oh, man. Yeah. He bought all of it, which I can't tell you how good it feels to have that monster off of my back because it's just kind of sitting there just making me feel bad for spending so much money on it and i had played a good chunk of it the last the third season i hadn't played but everything else i had at least gotten out some of it i played some of it not but it was just oh i felt so bad just having in my house just staring at me so he 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 bought that and i told him we would plug his game group which is out of southern missouri it's the 417 gamers they meet on tuesdays and thursdays Sweet. So if you're if you're in Southern Missouri, you might want to check it out. The old four one seven. I'm assuming that's the area code. Uh, I don't know, but that makes a lot of sense to me. And they have a Facebook page, so it's four one seven gamers. So if you're if you're out there, check it out. Yeah, a lot of rappers do that. They like shout oh, yeah. shout out to their area code. I never understood that, but I guess you know for a game group it makes sense because just like you know the regional like if you live in this area code come game with us but for a rapper it's like i get it you're proud of where you came from but i feel like ray mysterio jr of wrestling fame used to have like a area code thing that he used to did do it? people are just proud of their area code yeah, i connect to maryland through our flag which is the best flag in the country oh as most people I guess in maryland I need to do. look up maryland's flag is awesome maryland's but yeah i've never really looking. i've never really run around and say yeah i'm from the 410 it's just, I, I guess my beef is with rappers I mean, that is a pretty cool flag that Maryland has. Yep, fact. It's different. Yep, it's awesome. It's very different from the Ohio flag, which is a lot like an American flag, just in general. Ohio is more American than Maryland. No, it's just less original. <laughs> Probably also true. Okay. All right, let's... Maybe we should take a little break. Yep, let's take a little move break. On to the next segment. And then we'll transition into Top of the Stack. So join us then.
All right, everyone, we're back from that large segment of rambling. Sorry, you got a little bit of lawn mowing, you got a little bit of patriotism, some Marian, Maryland flags. We're going to jump right into our top of the It's stack. really more of a variety show this week than a board game podcast. Yeah, yeah, because Matt left us to our own devices, so I guess we, we don't really keep things on the rails. We just go off them, so sorry. It's fun. Yeah. I mean... It's good to mix it up every once in a while. We can't be fully structured all the time, especially if you have Dan in charge. Yeah. Tiff and I are having fun, and that's all that matters. So hopefully you guys are having fun, too. So let's get into the top of the stack. It's We're a little overdue on this. We had some scheduling issues last week where we couldn't get together, which is no problem. That's life. Tiff, why don't you run us down? Your top of the stack from last month was... Oh, yeah. And this is September we're talking about because, yeah was escape from the aliens in outer space pandemic uh, nope pandemic reign of cash grab and la isla nope. <laughs> oh no uh, i didn't get to play any of them uh, zero it's, it's... Burr, 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 burr. Uh, yeah it didn't go too well this month uh I'm currently working on my master's degree, so a lot of my free time is coursework, and we've had a group project going, which is very time-consuming. So game nights have been canceled, all my fault, generally, so my I can't even blame my game group for it. I just have been canceling game nights left and right to get my homework done, and that's how it goes. Big shout-out to education. <laughs> yes, education where I don't get to have any fun. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to keep most of that top of the stack for this month because I did take the time to learn uh, Escape the Aliens from Outer Space. I would like to play that. I'm keeping it on my table to remind me that I would like to play that. I think I'm going to teach my board game club La Isla, so I'll keep that on there. I, I just really want to get out a game that I've played before and play it and be happy that way. So keeping that, and then I think I'm going to add one new game to it, and it's Me Tierra. Oh, did that ship? Were you around? Yeah, we talked about it. Yeah, it, it's, it's here. It's here. So it, it's a farming game that I backed on Kickstarter that finally, or I shouldn't even say finally, it arrived very quickly after I backed it, I feel like. That was only a few months so, ago. Yeah. Ready to get that out of the shipping box. Going to do it right away. I'm not going to let it sit around for months like my other Kickstarter purchases. Yeah, there's like that that sweet spot in the year of like Kickstarter projects that are really pushing to get out for Essen. So you know you're going to back it and get it in October, that, which is, is nice. You know, they really, some of them like, because Essen's such a huge show for a lot of these publishers, like they really, really want to push to, and this one I think was already published, right? So I, I don't think it was. Yeah, this is a second edition yeah. of it, I okay. think. Okay, so that's even better. So it might yeah, even be, which is improved. part of the reason why I backed it. Cool. Yeah, I'm excited about it. So, to, I, you know, I just want to play some worker placement games, something straightforward-ish. Here we go. Done. I'm going to try to get it done this month. Done. Do what it. about you? All right. So last month I had Helvetia, Helvetia, I don't know how you pronounce that, which is a running theme on this show is my pronunciation. Don't worry. Matt Wolf will we'll get we'll you. come to the He'll rescue. Um, yeah. Arkwright and... Suspicion. I think we we haven't talked about how how be the H word and Arkwright on the show, <laughs> but I did play them both. I actually played them in the same night uh, with Matt and Smee. I really enjoyed both of them. Actually, Arkwright was phenomenal. 
Um, I'm looking forward to really exploring that one a little bit more in depth um, because there's a lot there. And it was it was so spreadsheety and so good. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wanted to. Yeah, loved it. I don't want to know what you wanted to do to that spreadsheet. No. No, I just wanted that's to... A, that's private. I wanted to calculate Between it. you and... Tiff, get your mind out of the gutter. The only thing you can do on <laughs> spreadsheets is formulas. Get out of here. Um, okay. And Suspicion we talked about on the show, which I, I liked as well. So I teach music. I don't know about spreadsheets. Yeah. You, well, you know music sheets. You're a different type of sheet. I have a whole sheet. different kind of sheet. Yes. You're a different yeah. sheet. Yeah. All right. So I was 100%, which is awesome. Good um, job, Dan. Yeah. So, boom. And I did those actually within the space of two days, actually. Like the first weekend of September. There's nothing better than checking off everything top of the stack within a day or two. I've only accomplished that, I think, once or twice. But it is a great feeling to have it all done. And then you just have your month ahead of you and you can play whatever you want. You don't have to, you don't have that top of the stack weighing you down. Nope. Yeah. And I was actually, this month I was going to try something different. But I'm going to not do it this month. I'll try next month once I get like all my SM pre-orders in and stuff like that. And I can really kind of evaluate what I want to do. But so for this month, that's fun and vague. Yes. Fun and vague. <laughs> that's how I roll. Cause I don't know when they're going to come and I don't want to put something on the list that won't show up until mid November kind of thing. So, okay. So uh, what are you going to play this month, Dan? I'm going to play Haspelnecht, which is the coal, oh. the coal trilogy. The one we looked at at Gen Con. Yes. My pre-order came in last week, and I'm very excited to try that. Speaking of worker placement games, um, I read the rules. I punched it, um, so it's ready to go. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm eager to have you play that because that looked good to me when we were at Gen Con. Yeah, I'm, I'm very eager to try it. It's one that's been on my list for my one in trade list for about probably a year and a half, maybe two years since it was first kind of gaining some steam. And I just haven't been able to get a hold of it because it's only been in Europe and it's you know, it's tough to trade for those sometimes. But that's on there. Um, Nippon. So this is the other one I picked up at Origins along with Signori, which we talked about. This is from the guys who did Panamax. And What's Your Game? Um, it's all about industrializing Japan and stuff. So it looks good. Fairly simple rule set. I've read through the rules. But I've heard it's it's very meaty as far as making your brain work. So looking forward to that Sounds one. Sounds like a Dan game. Yep, it is. And it's in Asia. So boom. Triple threat. <laughs> um, and last but certainly not least is the game I will probably sleep with for the next three weeks. And that is Feast for Odin. How's your wife feel about that? And we got plenty of space between us in our bed. We just <laughs> slide it right in there. We've had to make room for Tristan lately. Uh, it's probably gonna have, We're probably going to have to choose between Feast for Odin and Tristan, whoever gets to come in. <laughs> Um, but we'll figure out an alternating schedule. That one just arrived at my doorstep. I'm recording this from my mother's today because I'm down here visiting, but it's on my doorstep as we speak. I've been hitting refresh on the UPS or <laughs> window pretty much all day. So I'm super excited to go home and there's so much cardboard in there. Oh, it's such a fire hazard. <laughs> I can't wait. My son's going to, Tristan's going to be in heaven when he sees what, he gets to poke with Papa because it's just going to be, we're going to have to sit down and light a candle and oh, it's going to be so spiritual. Wow. I've been looking forward to, I mean, you know, I've been talking about this game since we did our like. I wish the audience could see like the gleam in your eye right now. Yeah. It's like a real sparkly. It's like Christmas. Like when you wish upon a star. 
kind of level. Yeah, it's like Christmas as a 10-year-old. Like, it just doesn't get any better than this. Like, I've been waiting for this one for since last Essen when they kind of revealed it. Ah, can't wait. Hope it doesn't suck. Early warnings <laughs> say that it doesn't, which is very reassuring. So, and we'll get into that when we talk about Spiel in a second here. So, those are my three. Boom. For Monsieur Matthew, who is not here, his top of the stack was Runebound 3rd Edition, Grifters, and Versus System. I know he played Runebound because he did one of those Friday night game things he said he was doing. I don't know if he's since played Grifters or Versus System, so I can't comment on that. I will let him jump into the guild and plead his case. Um, But we all know how it works when you miss a top of the stack edition. We are going to pick your top of the stack, big guy. And you know what? You're getting the same one as me again. Ha ha. Tiff, do you want to add anything to it to make it even harder for him? <laughs> I, usually it's not well, that, that much harder because I feel Matt, like that would be just me. Matt plays like six times as many games as you and I do. So even if we added one He's more. He's at your mercy. Let's add one. Let's make it let's okay. let's make it punishing. Let's give him two more. And two your, more. Your Ouch. Cho- your choice. Yep. Well, you can help him out would, and just give him a little card game or something, but... Yeah, I know. I'm trying to think, like, what he has that I could... It could be something well, I have, too. let's add La Isla. Let's add La Isla, right. for sure. La Isla. I'm okay with that. I mean, oh, then maybe I could, like, convince him to play it with me online. Maybe. And then check it off my top of the stack at the same time. See, this is this is good. What else? What else is on my top of the stack that I could get help with probably nothing oh he said we could play that aliens game via the interwebs all right are you you want to force interaction no i don't so let's (laughs) move along here all right give me a card game i don't know off the top of my head yeah i know i'm having a hard time with it too (laughs) let's just leave it at that four games is enough right he has your top of the stack plus one of my top of the stack Let's put we we just got sent a review cut. Let's put you can't. Assassin Con. This is a Mayday Games new release. Oh, that just okay. came out, and I want to try it. So we're gonna put, and they sent us a copy of it. So we're gonna play it. Boom. That seems fair. Matt, five Done. games. Done. Hopefully, it doesn't have any weddings or important things to do I this month. I don't ever want to miss a top of the stack episode. Okay. I'm I'm worried about it. You will get pummeled. Yeah. So. All right, well then, All right. we already took a break, so let's just jump into this last little piece. We just wanted to kind of, we've been rambling for long, so we won't stay too much longer. But I thought it would just be interesting. We did our Essen preview, and I've been following along with like the Essen, like the Geek Buzz and the Fair playlists that they always release every year. And I thought it would just be cool to kind of go through what's been hot so far, as reported from those on the ground. Is that cool, Tiff? That sounds good to me. All right, so there's two kind of main lists that I follow. And that's, I think these are the ones that most people kind of hone in on. And it's the Fair Playlist, which is run by a couple of German bloggers. And then there's the Geek Buzz List, which is kind of what they do at all the cons with the board game Geek. You have the laptop set up and people come and vote, which is typically skewed based on publishers forcing you to go over there or location to board game geek all kinds of things skew that one so i typically for at least for Essen, i I look to this fair playlist a little more because these guys are on the ground and they're they're kind of getting a feel especially because i i i tend to align my taste with the germ my german brethren Um, i'm more interested in what they're having to say so for the fair playlist um there's a couple of 
games on here that we didn't really talk about. Uh, one in particular that I thought has been getting a lot of buzz and I just completely overlooked it is called First Class. Uh, something something Orient Express. It's in German. Unterwegs in Orient Express. Okay. And... <laughs> And this has art from Michael Menzel, but is designed by one of the gentlemen, Helmut Olney, uh, who designed Russian Railroads. And I believe it had a hand in Trombon as well. And this is a card game, which is being described as Russian Railroads, the card game. It's the, it's a card game that feels like a board game. And then you've got, you've got base sets of cards, and then you've got five different modules that you can pick two more from so every game has that different variety um, i can't find a lot i'm looking through the geek and stuff i can't find a lot of information on gameplay and stuff there's no rules files or nothing because i was really interested to read about this so all i can say is this has been getting a ton of talk as one of those games that didn't get that much love before but people at the the show are really enjoying it so i'm gonna keep my eyes out on that one at the top of the list is feast for odin which makes me really no surprise there. Yeah, it makes me excited. Well, it's not at the top of the board game geek one, which we'll get into. In a I second. was surprised to see how low it was there. It's very low, actually. And at, on the board game geek list, Feld's game isn't even ranked in the top twenty. I thought that was interesting. It's actually not even on the fair playlist. I've been doing some reading on that because I have that pre-ordered, and there seems to be a little bit of a mixed review on it. It's a, it's a race game, so some people yeah. are having issues with that. But a lot of people are saying that the dice mechanism that he's got in there is very satisfying, the combinations, and there's a god mechanic that people are really enjoying. So I'm still interested because Feld, for me, seems to be very divisive to begin with. Some people either love him or hate him. Some people who loved him are just tired of hearing about him, so they hate him now because it's cool to do that. You know what I mean? Like He just seems like that guy. Even uve rosenberg was getting some of that for feast of odin people are like all his games are the same and blah 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 and we'll see yeah but that's what you want i mean you want your designers to have a recognizable style and branch out from it i guess a little bit but you don't want some erratic designer yeah and and to be honest like uh, the best judge is yourself as much as people want to rely on the opinions of the community i don't i just i i listen to it to kind of get a feel for the position of people but ultimately I'm going to be the judge. I'm going to play it. And if I like it, I like it. If I don't, okay, I agree with you. But your opinion doesn't hold too much sway with me. That's all I'm saying, internet. Wow. <laughs> I'm yeah, th- really putting it to the internet today. I think that should be how everyone observes things. Like even as a I reviewer, agree. like no one should take what you or I say as gospel. They should do their research. They should try the game. They should read the rule book. They should do all this stuff. Don't just take one reviewer's word or two reviewers. Like, well, sure. Go out and do it. I think people just use reviewers to filter through things a little bit, but don't use it. Yeah, don't listen to us. Which is just, fine. Just turn this off right now. We can have a whole other discussion on whether I think reviewers are helping you filter or not, because with review copies being sent and obligations to publishers to review, like that's a discussion topic for another podcast. Oh, I will go. I will go nuts on review copies and things like that, but. Anyways, let's have that chat sometime, but not right now. No, not right now. So a couple of other ones like First Class, again, as I mentioned, Great Western Trail is getting some love. Terraforming Mars is getting a ton of buzz, um, I guess, because it's just finally hitting the German seas in force kind of thing. Again, good game. I don't I don't think it's amazeballs, but it's I a good game. I can see why people like it. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a good game. I'm not bending over backwards to like play it, but it's it's a good game. Railroad Revolution, this is the new What's Your Game title. This is about 
railroad revoluting <laughs> no you're like good description dan it's like perfect you don't have, do you do you ever have to describe a railroad game really like you say no, railroad you game don't. and everyone's like oh we're building a company or farming we're, games there are just certain genres exactly. that are classic yeah. yeah i'm gonna lay track collect stock and build my company railroad revolution there you go but i'm sure it's gonna be interesting because it's what's your game and they put out good stuff that game ohm i know you and matt talked about is getting some love from the german crowd fabled fruit the new Friedman Freeze game, that kind of legacy card game coming out from Stronghold on our side of the pond has been getting some uh, some good buzz. Uh, I'm actually interested to try that one. Uh, what else is getting some good buzz? Scythe. Mm. Um, <laughs> Scythe is always getting some good buzz. Yeah, it's fine. That's, that's what Scythe is. It's a buzz generator. Yeah. And then you had King, King Domino, which is a Bruno Cathala game. Uh, which I don't know too much about, but that's coming out from... I guess I missed that one. I think it's coming out from Yellow, or I don't know, maybe? Oh, I might have skipped over it then. I don't know. Pick a pick a French publisher. Oh. I'm sure it's coming out from that. <laughs> uh, Cottage Garden is getting some good buzz too, which is I'm happy about because I have that. That was one of my picks. Yeah. You have it coming? Yep. Oh, play that one immediately. I need to know. We'll see. It just looks like four-player... So Patchwork, we'll yeah. I've heard the economy is slightly less satisfying, but it adds a couple of other things. That's kind of what I've read. I'm interested to try it. I didn't do any Essen uh, pre- pre-orders this year. This is the first time I haven't tried to get on top of Essen things. I I only did the ones like I, I told you guys about, and then I threw this one in. Sure. Oh, and Adrenaline. I did that one as well, because I'm super excited to try that one. The first-person shooter. Euro game from CGE. Mm. So that one's getting some good buzz. Um, on the BGG side of things, and again, this there's a couple of games in this I've read, like Captains of the Gold Age and Ominos, I think it was. These two and Fog of Love, I think these were very closely located to the BGG board uh, mm. game booth. Mm. So that's why they're kind of on there. But they could be good games. I'm not saying they're not. Terraforming Mars is number one on the Geek Buzz. Um, Seven Wonders Duel Pantheon, which I'm super excited about that one as well. Captain Sonar is getting some love. Uh, Inus, Inus, um, Cottage Garden, London Dread, which we saw come out at Gen Con on our side of the things. That's from um, our friends down at Gray Fox. That's that, uh, what is it, like that noiry looking London game about Jack the Ripper, I think. And then you've got your Great Rest and Trail. You've got, so, not Power, Power Grid the Card Game. A lot of overlap. Yeah, Power Grid the Card Game is getting some good buzz as well. Um, seems like Friedman Fries is having a good convention with his card games which is cool so yeah some overlap it's interesting to see you see some of the more conflict-based games on the the u.s side of things or the the bgg side of things i'm not specifically pigeonholing bgg as the u.s gamers or the ameritrash gamers i'm just saying i i yeah because it is the american site it's interesting to see the german list versus the quote american list that's all i'm trying to point out so don't don't lambast me for that (laughs) um but yeah, you'll see a lot of more like the, the conflict-oriented games are on the BGG list, whereas you got your, your Euro-style, like multiplayer solitary games on the, the German side. So that, that, that kind of divide that we've all kind of drawn mentally in our head is still slightly there. There are some overlap, though, which is cool to see. And games like Scythe are, are trying to bridge the gap, which is nice. I just wonder, Uh-oh. what's up? Take note, people. Dan just complimented Scythe. I, I appreciate it. Was a, I respect it was a compliment, it, Dan. Yeah. I appreciate what it's trying to yeah. do. I don't think it did it as well as I would have liked it to, but I think I, I you know, I understand what they're trying to do, and um, there are some really redeeming factors to that game. I like a lot of the mechanics in it. 
I just didn't like them all together. Yeah. So there we go. Well. Firm six. That's I'll that. I'll keep it at that. That's a three out of five. That's not bad. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's let's <laughs> put this railroad back on the track. Oh, I thought we were on track <sighs> with this Essen buzz thing. I mean, we're on top of things. I don't know if we're on the track. We might be on top of the train oh. that's off the track. How about that? Okay. There we go. We're like riding at like Will Smith and Wild Wild West. Sweet. Yeah. Great theme song. Certainly. Thanks, Cisco. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So. Where is Cisco now? Speaking of getting off the tracks. Yeah. Let's get off this podcast. Let's let these people, <laughs> if they haven't already like clicked. Yeah. They 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 were gone 10 minutes yeah. ago, Dan. It's fine. It's fine. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> Matt will be back to rain Tiff and I in probably next week and yeah yeah so stay tuned um thanks again to our sponsor tmg uh make sure to check out their website playtmg.com. check them out on twitter as well as facebook and stay tuned for their release of that sweet sweet stefan fell game that hopefully we'll have a review of in the next couple episodes and if you want to find us because i mean we're not as cool as tmg but you can still find us um you can find us on twitter at league nonsense i run that account you can find us on facebook at slash the league of nonsensical gamers you can find us on our guild go to guild.nonsensicalgamers.com or if you're a glutton for punishment try and find 2077 it's much easier just to type in the url that i gave you join us there i promise i'm making this promise here i'm going to be more active in that forum now that i and back at my desk more often at work <laughs> and not traveling around so much because I really enjoy the conversations that people are starting over there. So keep them up. I'll be in there. Tiff won't, but Matt will be in there as I well. I promise I'll check once a month and then not post. Okay. That's the only promise I can make. Or if you really want something for Tiff, put her name in the thread in capital letters and we'll make sure she sees it. Yeah. I do check it, just not probably as often as I should, but I don't really get to be at a desk ever. Yeah, so. that's fair. And if there's something important, I always tell you anyway. So check us out there. Check you can us... find me at Inept Gamer. Yeah, Tiff at Inept Gamer. Me at Scandals underscore Nad. Again, if you have an interest in buying, selling, trading games, talk to both of us because we're in the mood. And yeah. Oh, also Instagram, Nonsensical Gamers. That's it. I think I covered them in a way less organized manner than Matt would normally do. So, for Tiff, for me, for Matt, who's not here, thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. Toodles. You know, it's funny, though. My son calls his little wiener his ZZ. So it makes me chuckle when I hear that. That's what they call it Is in French. Is that French? Yeah, it's like, okay. a, it's like the cute French word for little wiener. So it's like PP in French. Yeah, it's like PP or a weenie or something like that. But he calls it his ZZ. So when you said ZZ, I chuckled. So. Okay. Well, this is a new segment where we talk about children's names for their private parts. Yeah. Yeah. Might have to cut this. Start a... <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. 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 We're not going to start anything. Yeah. Tell me about seniority. <laughs>